Hey, I just want to say thank you to everybody who serves here at Church on the North Coast in every capacity that you serve. Our children's workers, all the sound and guys back there, thank you so much to the worship team that volunteers, to the ushers, to, to everyone who volunteers. I just want to say thank you so much for making this a special family to be a part of. Can you put your hands together for all those that serve the house of the Lord? As I was driving in today, as I received the offering, I was driving in today, and uh, how many were here last week? I think, yeah, it was last week where Pastor Michelle preached. Were you here last week with Pastor Michelle? I just want you to know uh, that, you know, you're a part of a family that is special. It's really special. Uh, If you're a part of this family, it's a special family that that we have here and the culture that we're attempting to create is heaven on earth. I believe that this room looks a lot like heaven on earth. It's not black, it's not white, it's not young, it's not old, it's, it's, it's heaven on earth, it's everything. and It's every tribe, it's every tongue, it's every generation. And I want you to know that uh, as you give here to Church on the North Coast, uh, you give to the, we, we, we don't have our own vision. Uh, our vision at Church on the North Coast is the vision of heaven. And, and uh, as you give, I want you to know you're creating heaven on earth. And I could give you many examples of just this week how we've done that. I mean, I sat many times, and I want to say this, because some of y'all will see me on my phone and think, this guy's so disrespectful. He's on his phone. But I want you to know what I'm doing when I'm on my phone and I'm on the front row. I'm on my phone and I'm blessing people. I'm telling our finance department, I want you to send this here and take care of these people there. Before before the worship ended, I think I gave away almost $2,000 just from being in the atmosphere. That was just, and if you sit me in the presence of the Lord, I'll give all our money away. Because that's the heart of the Lord, is that we take care of one another. There was, I'm praying for everyone whose basement flooded. How many, any basement floods in the house today? No? We know that Erica's basement flooded, right? So we took care of her today, and there were many others. But that's the heart of the Lord. We want to take care. This week, we bought, uh, we bought a car for a young, for a young girl. She, uh, she's turning uh, 18 pretty soon, and we just bought her a car. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, she, she, her, she got a lot of challenges. Her dad died of an overdose. Her mom's, you know, not doing so good. Her, so her grandmother raises her. And so Church on the North Coast is a family. We bought her a car, and we take care of her. And we're, we're positioning her to walk into her future with authority. And... That's probably weekly now where we, we do that kind of thing for our community. One of the visions that God has given us at, at Church on the North Coast is to, is to help people buy homes and to help people get out of debt. And so weekly we do that for our congregation. For our congregation we do that. We have a, we have a dream this year, uh, and that is last year we had a dream to give away $500,000 to our community of faith. This year, our dream is to give away $1 million to our community. That's back into our church. That's, that's amazing, right? But it, it's not easy to give away $1 million. If you're going to give away $1 million, you have to have on your mind that you're a giver and not a taker, that you don't live by by seed, uh, by need, you live by seed. And so if you're going to give away a million dollars, you got to live by seed. you got to always be looking for an opportunity to sow seed. And I just pray that gets in your spirit because if you live by seed and not by need, you'll never be hungry a day in your life. You'll never be empty. You'll never be wanting. You'll never be lacking a day in your life if you'll teach yourself to live by seed and not by Need. I'm telling you, God will bless you abundantly. He will open. He will turn on. He's the source, but he will turn on every resource this earth has, and he will make it open just 
for you, just for you in your time of need. The windows will be open. Amen? So as we receive the offering, I just wanted to give you that update and thank you so much for your faithful giving to the vision of God for this region. If you don't know me, I'm Pastor Troy Thompson. My wife and I are the senior pastors here at Church on the North Coast. And uh, we we love our Wycliffe family. I don't get a chance to be out here much, uh, probably once a month. Uh, But today, uh, I was like, I'm going to Wycliffe, Marlon. Um, You know, bro, you got to go to Avon Lake. You know, so I switched up just so I could be with you today. Uh, It's an honor to be here with you. And, you know, we talk about the culture of Church on the North Coast. Uh, I thank you for praying. I thank all the elders for praying for Pastor Michelle as she went through what she went through. And I thank you for the prayers of the saints that availeth much and raise the sick from their sickbed. Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand for that? Amen. That's exactly what happened. Uh, So let's receive the offering today. Uh, Hold it up. As you you prepare to to give today, I want to just bless you and your family. And I want to encourage you uh, to live by by seed and not by need. Amen. Father, I just bless every gift and every giver in the house, every gift, every giver online. Uh, bless your people today. Open the windows of heaven over their life. Uh, Lord, you are the source and you will turn on every resource. And so, Lord, we just bless them. Heaven. As we sow it in the natural, we reap it in the eternal. We reap the kingdom that you promised would come. And so, Father, we declare heaven on earth with this seed. It it didn't come back to us in the form of of monetary gain. It comes back to us in the form of heaven. Thank you for heaven on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you have your Bible, I want you to go with me. Uh, Let's see. Let's go to... um, Well, this this is a good one. You know this one. Psalm 91. Just go to Psalm 91. I didn't give this one to them. There were many scriptures that I have that, that, you know, go with, go with this text. So I, I, I couldn't give them all, or I'd just be sitting here all day reading scriptures. And I don't know, that might, that might be boring. Maybe not. But Psalm 91 opens up like this. It says, it says uh, how many know this? He who dwells in the what? Of the Most High. Okay, stop. So you know Psalm 91? Awesome, that's awesome, that's awesome. So at the end of it, I want, I want to read you the reward of abiding in the secret place. And, and I want you to know that the secret place has a reward. All right? And here's the, here's the reward that Psalm 91 says is this, is, that comes from the secret place. In verse 16 it says, With long life... I will satisfy or reward him and show him my salvation. With long life, salvation. I will show him my salvation. They didn't teach me this in Bible school when I went to Bible school. There are many things they didn't teach me. Uh, They taught me to read books that everybody else was reading. You know what I mean? So if you want to go to Bible school, just go read those books. And just say, hey, I went to Bible school. But one of the things I've learned over 27 years is that there's an enormous difference between someone who is born again and someone who carries the manifest presence of God. And so I guess you need to decide early on in this sermon, do you just, are you okay? Are you happy? I mean, there's nothing wrong with it either until, until, you experience the glory of God. Because the glory of God will mess you up. The glory of God will ruin you. It will ruin your appetite for anything less. It will destroy you. 
it'll leave you longing for another experience. And what I've discovered is you can be born again and not carry the glory. You could come to church every Sunday, sit in this seat, sit in these pews, get up and leave. But not carry the manifest presence of God on your life. There is a distinction between those who know God and those who carry the manifest presence of Jesus. I want... I want God to trust me. Because if God trusts me, then you you want God to trust you. Because that's the currency that purchases the glory of heaven. Trust. Trust. I want God, I want God to trust me. To the one whom God trusts, he will always reveal his secrets. You see, if I, if I trust you, Marlon just left. He just left. But you see, we've been running together, no kidding, since third grade. And when I say running, I mean we have been best good friends since third grade. Since third grade, if you ever see us greet one another, we greet each other. And we've been doing this since third grade. We greet each other with a kiss right on the cheek. We kiss each other. And we've been doing that our whole life. There was a season of our life where we didn't see one another, and I bumped into him at a gas station, and he was out there wilding out, and I had, I had been with Jesus for a few years, and I ran into him, and the first thing we did, we that kissed each other, and I said, hey, man, this is what the Lord is saying. He looked back at me, said, I love you, homie, but you're tripping. He got in his car. And he drove on down the road, and a few years later, I bumped into him again. But I want you to know something. Marlon has earned the right for me to reveal my heart to him. He's earned my trust. There have been times when I was broken and mad and frustrated, and I wanted to quit, and I revealed some things to him. And because he earned my trust, I got this saying. I say, hey, Jesus and Becca, cool. Everybody else, keep your hands where I can see them. Right? Because if you trust somebody, when you trust somebody, the person you trust knows you different than everybody else. They know you. They know you happy. They know you sad. I can look at Marlon. I can walk into a room, and I've done this many times. I walk into a room and say, something wrong with Marlon. I can look at his face. I can see how he carries his shoulders. I can tell when something's on him because I know him. He's, he's, I have the right. He's, he's revealed to me his heart, the, deep, the deepest secrets of his heart. He's revealed to me. Why? Because he trusts me. He trusts me. Let me ask you this. Does God trust you? If, does God trust you? If you can earn and not, look, look, I want you to notice. This is going to mess with your theology a little bit, but that's okay. Listen, salvation is free. You can go to heaven. You can bring heaven. But glory will cost you. This is what we need to understand on our platforms. This is, 
This is what we need to understand. When your fingers touch those keys, touch that guitar, mouth on that microphone, hands on them drums, you need to understand. You need to know that if you want the glory of God on your life, it will cost you something. It is not free, man. The manifest presence of God on your life is not cheap and it's not coming for free. It will cost you. And mostly what it's going to cost you, I'll tell you, separation. It will cost you separation. Young people, listen to me, man. If you get the presence of the Lord, if you carry the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, you carrying the presence of the Lord, if you can, if you can get God to trust you with his glory, it will take you farther than thumbs and hearts and their approval and their approval and their approval and their approval. The presence of God on your life, it will get you to places that are impossible with man, but all things are possible with God. But I want you to hear me clear. It is not cheap. The presence of God is not cheap. Everybody wants a platform. Nobody wants a secret place. Everybody wants a piano and a microphone, but nobody wants a closet to hide in to get along with God and to earn the trust of God. You know how you earn the trust of God. You must. It is contrary and a contradiction to the statement itself to say, I want the glory of God, but I do not want the presence of God, and I do not want the fellowship with God, but I want His glory. It is a contradiction. It is a lie. Stop lying to yourself if you're not willing to be with him in private do not expect his presence upon your life in public uh, I know man I know I know I know you say man you're messing with me I was fine sitting in a pew I was fine giving getting goosebumps every Sunday how are you gonna mess with me now and tell me there's more I'm telling you there is so much more and it is worth it it's worth it, man. It's worth more than your pals and your buddies, you know, chumming up with you and you wanting to hang out and them liking you. Man, I don't care if you don't like me, homie. I, I got the one who hangs the earth upon nothing that likes me. He approves of me. Does God. I can't keep a secret, y'all. I can't. Don't tell me nothing. I can't. They told me we got, a, you know, we got some family back in, in Lorraine, and she, she got pregnant, and she lost the first baby. And so, but as soon as she got pregnant, she told, she told me and my wife, oh, man, why'd you tell me that? I don't want to know. Because I can't keep a secret. As soon as something comes to me, I'm like, oh, everybody needs to know this. This is exciting. This will encourage everybody. This makes people happy. This is vision. That's why when God gives me a vision, I'm like, as soon as God gives me the vision, and God's dealing with me on this. He's like, man, don't be running around telling everybody what I just told you. But God, but God, I want them to know you said it so we'll be accountable for it. You know, it's like, I don't need them to know everything, Troy. I need you to know. He said, Troy, there are some things I'm going to tell you that only you are going to know. And they will only know it when you die. And they read it in your journey, in your journal. Right? She told me she was pregnant. I said, man, I walked around like. Mm, I got a secret. And I didn't tell nobody that secret. I didn't tell nobody. I was so proud of myself. And I tell you what made me shut up. I tell you what, I tell you what the one thing that made me keep it a secret. Trust. If I love you enough, I don't want to break your trust. Because if I break your trust, I betrayed the devotion. I betrayed your heart. And if I love you enough, I'll keep it a secret. 
So when you, so when God reveals secrets, he's communicating, I trust you with my presence. We take revelation for granted in the church. When God gives you a revelation, he's saying, Troy, I trust you with my presence. I trust you to steward my presence well. Don't get up there. What's he saying? I trust you to steward my glory. What's the glory? Manifest presence of God. I trust you to steward it. Now, don't you get up there and make it about you. Because when you make it about you, what are you doing? You're attempting, I will not share my glory. That's what God said. I won't share it. So if you make it about you, you're stealing glory. And there is a reward. I want to read some scriptures before you before I start talking about the reward. But go to Deuteronomy 29, 29. I want you to see the distinction between salvation and manifest presence. It says, the secret things belong to who? They belong to the Lord. But those things which are revealed belong to who? They belong to us. And not just to us, but to our children. It's the inheritance of our children forever. That we may do all the words of this law. Romans 11, 30, 11, 33. Go there. I want you to see this. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. What's Paul saying? Paul's saying, what Paul's saying there is, to the average believer, God's ways are past finding out. But to the one whom God trusts, he'll reveal them to you. He reveals them to you. Some of you don't believe me in that, but, yet, but go to Genesis 18, 17. Look at what it says. And the Lord said, look at what the Lord said about Abraham. Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Shall I hide? God, God had a secret. And he said, I can't keep my secret from Abraham. I have to share it with him. I have to tell him. I'm not going to tell everybody. Look at what he said. I won't tell everybody. But because I trust Abraham, Abraham has earned my trust. What did Abraham have to do to earn the trust of God? He laid down the thing that cost him the most, trusting that God would resurrect his son if he needed to. He earned, Abraham earned the trust. Therefore, therefore, Abraham earned to know the secrets of God. Do you know any secrets of God? Amos 3, 7. Look at this. Surely the Lord God does what? He doesn't do anything unless he does Are you seeing this? So there's a clear distinction that God, that God reveals himself differently to those to whom he trusts. But to those to whom he does not trust, he has no obligation to reveal his secrets. I don't want to know the secret because, you know, I one-up you. You know, oh, I know the secrets of God, and you don't. Right? No, that's not why I want to know the secrets of God. I want to know the secrets of God because, because he trusts me. Because if he trusts me, I'll carry his presence with me in a way that's uncommon and different than everybody else. I don't do it for the secret. I do it for the presence. Jesus says this to his disciples. Look what he says in Luke 8, verse 10. He said to them, it has been given to who? 
has been given to you and me to know the secrets, the mysteries, the secrets, the mysteries, the secrets of the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus said. If you've been paying attention, I've been, put, I've been messing with this scripture for the last six months. This scripture has been in my spirit for the last six months. I said, God, what is it about this scripture? He says, listen, I want my church to know that I have given them the privilege to carry my secrets, but my secrets come at a cost, and that cost is trust. The cost is trust. Can God trust you with his presence? Will you use his presence for your advantage, or will you use his presence? This is how I know mature leadership. They use, they, they take the presence that comes upon them. We call it the anointing, the presence of God. When the presence comes upon them, they don't make it about them. They immediately turn and say, how do I take the glory of God and move people into, deeper into the presence of God so, the, so bondage and addiction and sickness and disease? And how do I take the presence of God where no sin can dwell? How do I take the glory of God and I bring the people of God into the glory of God? How do I pull them into the glory of God? I want the presence of God. Why? Because I want to pull the people into the presence. This is the job of the, the worship leader to pull the people into the glory of God why because because chains break and addiction breaks and disease breaks and spirits run why we want the glory of God why because we want to liberate God's sons and daughters for their hour we want to empower the sons and the daughters of God we want to bring liberation because the earth is groaning and Jesus said it's my this is the secret I it's, it's for you, the secret I've given you, I've given to you to know, not them, your uncles and nieces and that they don't know Jesus. The secrets have been gifted to you. It's a privilege to know the secrets of God. And Jesus says, I want my disciples to know, man, if you know the secrets of God, you get my presence. Matthew 6, there within Matthew 6, look, look at me, Matthew 6, there's three secrets that God deals with in Matthew 6. He says, when you give, go, I, there's your homework, go, go look at it later, don't trust me, don't trust the thing I'm saying, don't trust it, just go home and, and read Matthew 6 for yourself later. He said, when you give, make sure you don't do your charitable giving so everybody can see and know because if you do that, you'll get the reward of man. Make sure when you, as a child, as a son and a daughter of God, when you do your giving, you do it in secret. You do it in private. You do your giving in private. Why? Because your father who sees in private will then have a reward for you in public. But if you do what you do to be known, to, to virtue signal, to kind of raise your hand and say, look at how good I am. Look at what I gave. Look at what I did. Look at, look at all. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. If you want that reward, you can have it, but you can't have have both but you can't have both so he says when you give not if you give I want you to see that you go read it for yourself Jesus says when you give he didn't so giving for the believers just a, a, is a normal reaction when you give give in private because your father who sees what you do in private will then prove his presence on your life in public he will, he's like, when you do that in private, you can get, see, you can get the thumbs up and the hearts of, you can get, you can get the affirm, uh, affirmation of man instantly. You can get instant gratification now if you want. Or you can do it in private and you can say, I can't wait till God comes on my life 
at the exact right time, exactly when I need it, God's about to show up and he, his glory is going to be evident for everybody to see. That's my reward. That's what I'm waiting for. I don't need your affirmation. I don't need your approval. I don't need your likes. I don't need the left. I don't need the right. I don't need red, blue. I don't need the, the, uh, the hierarchy of the world. I need the approval of God and I will do it in secret and I'll let him reward me eternally. Giving. And he says, when you pray, there's, there's three. They go in a row. You probably never saw it, but, but like, maybe you did. But, if, but watch. He said, when you pray, make sure. And here's where, here's where the church needs to, to grab hold of this. When you pray, he said, you got to go. Now, this is very clear. Jesus is saying this. When you pray, not if you pray, not if you pray, but when. So, so you got to give and you got to pray. These, okay, what I learned today, I must give and I must pray. Okay, so when you pray, he says, you got to go into a room. What did he say? You got to go into a secret room. Nobody else is in there, just you and him. He, he, now, he wants you to know when you pray and you go to a secret place to pray, that's, that's, a, that's a key right there. If you will take the time to get to a secret room to pray, God will meet you there. He said, he said when, you get, when you go into that room, here's what I want you to do. What did he say? You read it later. He said, close the door. Somebody, somebody write that down. I need to close the door. He said, close the door. Close the door. And it's time for the church of the living God to close the door. Jesus said, I am the door. He said, I'm the door. And it's time for the church to close the door on the world and stop looking for the approval of the world. Stop leaving the door open so you can come out a little bit, have a little fun out here, then go in here, have a little fun in here, still experience the pleasures of out here in the world, but then still expect the, the reward that comes from the secret place. Everybody wants the presence of God. Nobody wants a closet with God. And then Jesus said, when you pray, go close the door. And it's time some of us, hear me, close the door. You've left the door open for far too long. How long? How long? He said, how long will you vacillate between two opinions? If God be God, then serve him. Serve God. As for me and my house, I'm closing the door. You either get in or you get out. It's time for us to make a decision as the church as to what reward we want. Do we want the reward of this world, which is limited and perishing, or do we want the reward of our Father, which is eternal, and it comes with his glory? Close the door. Because when you do that, what, what the Father sees, this is, this is key too, because if you think, <laughs> if you think that nobody can see what you're dealing with, you're fooling yourself. Because, because the secret place or the absence thereof reveals everything. The heart is revealed the secret place has a reward. When you give, when you pray, this one's going to hurt a little bit. He said, when you fast. I know, I know, they just drop stuff. Like, what? <laughs> what, dude? Not if I fast, but when I fast. That's right. Now, I want you to see something here that I never saw before, but, but recently I've seen this. What, what is fasting? Not eating. Let's just make it clear. It's not not watching TV. It's not not looking at social media. Fasting is not eating. Period, period. If fasting is, is when Jesus fasted, he went into the wilderness. Now, tell me, how many days did Jesus go without food? Tell me. 40 days, 40 days. Scientifically, we have proven that you and I can only survive without sustenance for how long? 40 days. We can go without food for 40 days. We can go without drink, I think, for like seven. Scientifically, that's what we've proven. We can only go without food or drink for this long. Jesus said, when you pray, 
Don't bend yourself over. Don't put on mourning clothes. Don't put ashes on your head. Don't look for the reward of this earth when you, when you fast. When you fast, don't, don't walk around grouchy. How many get grouchy when you get hungry? It's okay. We're family. I get grouchy when I get hungry. But I've been doing something recently. I, 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 uh, I, I heard this study. I heard this study that said when you fast for 15 hours straight, there's something happening. Something begins to happen at a cellular level. At 15 hours, your body triggers itself into like, it has to survive now. You're actually, your cells begin like, oh, you know what? This dude's not eating. It's time for us. We got to take care of this guy. He's not eating. So we got we to gotta like start be, becoming more efficient. Your cells start acting different at 15 hours. At 19 hours, your cells start kicking out tumors, cellular cells that are tumorous. Cells that aren't acting right. If you got cells in your body at 19 hours, just 19 hours of not eating and your cells in your body start cleaning up the house. They're like, hey, bro, you're, you're, you're mooching off of us. You got to go, homie. You've been eating too much. You got And so it starts eliminating all of the, 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 the cells in your body that are dysfunctional. It starts kicking them out. Could it be? I'm just saying. Could it be that Jesus hid healing in fasting. We're trying to eat the right foods, but Jesus is saying, if you partake of me rather than that, if you'll, give, if you'll take me rather than this, if you'll fast, then I will bring healing to your land. All through the Bible, check it, check it. Don't trust me. All through the Bible, God would say, hey, he sent Jonah. He said, tell everybody to pray and fast. He'd tell all of them, get, hey, tell everybody to get ready. God's coming. He's asking us to repent. What would they do? They'd start praying, and they'd start fasting. They'd start eating the bread of heaven, and they'd push away the bread of this earth. And perhaps God has hid glory inside of our fasting. Perhaps he wants to bring healing to the church, but it can't come unless until we fast. He said, this kind, this kind, it can't come out. It can't come out unless we pray and fast. There's a reward. The reward is not a bigger car. It's not, it's not more money. I know, doggone it. It's not a jet. Contrary, you know, it's not, God's not going to give us jets and gold. And The reward is the presence of Jesus. The reward. And you can have the reward of this world, but you can't have both, man. Hear me. We can't have it both ways. Three things about secrets. Secrets are not cheap. Secrets are not cheap. They're not easy. And they're not convenient. If you've earned the right, the trust, for somebody to give you a secret, it came at a cost and it probably wasn't cheap. I would imagine this, this covenant of marriage has many secrets, and over time, you have earned the right for one another. It wasn't cheap. It cost you, it cost you, it cost a lot, you know, to keep this thing and to keep the, 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 the trust there. It cost, it cost saying no. It, it cost pride. It cost ego. How many men know in the room your marriage is like, no, okay, fine, fine, yeah. It costs a lot of pride and a lot of ego. So they're not cheap. And what we've got to learn to do in the kingdom is like, we've got to understand that the, the glory of, of heaven is not cheap. If, and we've got to stop treating it that way. We've got to stop treating, if we, want, if we want an impact on this world, if you want your children to experience the glory of God, it's not cheap. I, and, I, I, and it has to be said, it's not convenient and it's not easy. It's not convenient. You know, like, we don't even want to be inconvenienced on, on a, like, a Sunday morning. 
We don't want to be inconvenienced. Like, I remember a time where nothing was open on a Sunday morning. I thought as a kid growing up, I thought the police didn't work on Sunday. Because there was nothing to do. Because there, there was nothing open. I thought, we have so cheapened the glory. It's not cheap. Secrets are whispered. I want you to hear me. Secrets are, nobody, nobody screams a secret. God's not going to scream a secret to you. He's going to whisper. I wasn't in the fire. I wasn't in the wind. I wasn't in the earthquake, prophet. I was in the still, small voice. And if you're going to hear the whisper of God, you're going to have closer distance. You're going to have closer distance. Jesus is the reward. Um, I'm closing. Because I don't want anybody to get hungry. Right? We got 20 minutes to give a sermon in church nowadays. Because the threshold of people's attention, that's where it's at, man. We want a convenient word. We want it to come to us fast. We want the worship to be just right. Don't turn it up too loud, though. I don't want it too loud. I want the lights to be just right. I don't want those lights in my faith. We, I want smoke. I want it all, man. Give me the ambiance with it. We got, let's, let's, let, like, just think how cheap we make the gospel. Just think of how cheap we make it. I'm hot. I got to take this off. Think how cheap we make it. We do everything the world does just like they do it. We got cameras. We got sound back there. We, we, like, we, we took $100,000 out of our budget in the last two weeks just to bring, like, stuff up to par in the church. I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. I'm tired of microphones. I'm, I'm just tired of like, I'm tired of it all. I'm tired of it. Why? Because it's cheapening the presence of God. Because the presence of God does not need smoke. It don't need mirrors. It don't need, it don't need carpet. It don't need pews. The presence of God does not need any of this garbage. It doesn't need any. It, uh, Jesus didn't have this camera right here. I'm so tired of this camera. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of Facebook Live and Instagram Live. Shut them all down. You want to know what's happening in the kingdom? Get hungry. Get hungry, man. If you get hungry enough, you'll come looking for God. You get hungry enough in your spirit. Your spirit gets hungry enough. You'll come looking for God. I'm tired of telling. We spend. I'm tired of it, man. I'm, I'm tired of giving 20 minutes of announcements begging people to come to events so they can be liberated and encouraged and encourage fellowship. Hey, homie, if you don't want to come, don't come. You know what I'm saying? Hey, look, if you get, a, if you get along with Jesus, you'll find him. You'll find a way. I think, look, this is what I think we should do. And, they, and they're all like, Troy, we can't do that. Troy, we cannot do that, man. We can't. Mark's like, bro, we can't do that. I'm like, hey, let's start having church at different times all the time. And the only way you're going to know if we're having church is if you're in relationship with somebody in the church. You know, so what about, the, what about the people? What about the people? Do you think people are just running through the doors because we got them open? Listen to the heart of God here. Nobody's, nobody's driving down this driveway because they're looking for a church on Sunday. The glory is where they find church. Manifest glory on your life, on your life, on your life, on 
your life, on your life. You carry the manifest presence of God. If we all walked out of here today and we carried the manifest presence of God, let me tell you something. There would not be an empty seat. There wouldn't be an empty square foot in this place if we all walked out of here today and said, all I want, all I want, God, is for you to trust me. Just trust me with your presence. I will steward your presence for you and not me, God. If we were to do that, that's how these pews are full. So I say turn them all off. Turn Instagram off. Turn, to, to stop it. Stop the madness. We've cheapened the gospel and made it so, so tawdry and convenient. We're teaching a generation to be dependent rather than liberated and, and strong and, and to know the power of the Lord and His might through what? Through prayer, through fasting, to know the glory of God. Why? Because I've been alone with Him and I know the glory of God. So I don't need, I don't need their approval. They're so delicate today. Why? Because they're looking for the approval. They want the reward of this world. I say it's time to raise up a generation that wants the reward of heaven more than they do the reward of this world. And if they want the reward of heaven, they won't be so delicate and offended all the time. And we're all offended. Why? Because we want the reward of this world. We want them to like us. I don't care if you don't like me. It's time for you to let everybody know you don't have to like me. I know the one who hangs the earth upon nothing. He loves me. He approves of me. His glory is upon my life. I walk in the, in the manifest presence of God. I don't need their approval. I don't need the governing authorities of this world to approve me. I don't need you to like me. I don't need heart and thumb. I don't need none of that. I need him. I need him. I need him. Ain't nothing you can say that's going to offend me and make me not love you. I love you, man. I love you so much I won't, I won't lie to you. And I won't cheapen the glory of God for you. I won't make this about us or you. I'll let you know that this is about Jesus. This is about the King of glory. Secrets. They're going to come to you alone, man. We despise being alone in this world. Hear me. I want you to know that loneliness is a signal. If you're alone, it is a signal. The next time loneliness tempts you to compromise for the reward of intimacy of this world, hear me! Loneliness is a signal. And it's telling telling you you don't have to be alone I'm with you I'm your husband I'm with you you're never alone you're never forsaken I don't care what the, how they forsake you I will never leave you and when you feel the loneliness I want you to know that is the, the Lord of glory wanting to wear you like a suit man he wants to come upon you and wear you like a suit so what's that mean that means secrets they're not going to come to you on Sunday morning in a congregation. If you want a secret from God, it's not going to come to you corporately. It's going to come to you when you are alone. When you are, when you feel forsaken and destitute and empty. And you feel rejected and marginalized and shamed by this world. In the most lonely moments of my life, I remember it. I was driving and saying, God, where are you? Where are you, God? You said you'd never leave me. And it was about two hours later, I found a couch somewhere. I, I, I was going through hell, and I found a couch. And there on that couch, in the most, in the most lonely place I've ever been in my life, empty, alone, rejected on that couch. I laid down and I went to heaven. I lifted my hands. I don't know how long I was there, but I experienced colors, shapes, 
sounds not unlike anything. I can't even produce words to describe what I saw in my most lonely moments. It didn't come to me. I didn't get the vision on the front row at a church. I thank God for the church, but I didn't get the secret, access to the secret place. Nobody whispered to me. The whisper of God, the secret didn't come to me corporately. The secret came to me all by myself. And what God wants you to know, if you feel alone today, all by yourself, He wants to wear you like a suit. He wants to wear you like a suit. I close with this. The secret is worth the rejection of this world. It's worth it. Remember I said it, it's worth it. The secret is worth it. How many know Samson in the Bible? Now, all of Israel knew the Lord, correct? All of Israel knew the Lord, but Samson wore the presence of God in a very peculiar way not common to everyone else. He was different. And he he was different because he had a secret. He had a secret with God. You remember the secret? When he was born, when he was born, he said this Here lies the secret to your strength. The secret to your strength is in your hair. It's in your hair. The moment, whether you cut your hair off or not, look, I want you to know, whether your hair was long or short had nothing to do, because at the end of the story, what do we know? His hair began to grow back but it was really short. So the secret was, the power of his strength wasn't in the length of his hair. The power of his strength was in the secret he held between him and the Lord. And the moment he released it, like I said, don't trust anything I'm saying. I want you to go read this. The moment, the moment he let his secret presence of the Lord left him. Just left him. There's so much here. This world, like Delilah, will pester you. It will do everything it can to violate the secret covenant you have with God. It will will chisel away and wear you down until you let go of the secret. And I've come today to tell you, don't you dare let go of the secret of God in your heart. Don't you dare let go of it. I don't care how much this world despises you or hates you or rejects you or shames you. Don't you let go of the secret of God. He lays his head down in the lap of Delilah. He lays his head down and there in that moment he was rocked to sleep by deception and betrayal. And in that moment he released and let go of the secret of heaven. He let it go. In the moment, here's the scary part of this, he lets it go. The presence of God, when it comes upon your life, Hear me, hear me, hear this preacher. When the presence of God fills a room, it never needs to be announced. I mean, it's it, stammering tongues accompany the presence of God. A wind accompanies the presence of God. A roaring sound accompanies the presence of God. Tongues of fire, fire accompanies the presence of God. Angelic hosts accompany the presence of God. When God shows up, the train of His robe fills the temple. All because the Lord of glory has entered. 
He does not need to be announced when he comes in. There are many signs when he comes upon a life. Strength. Samson had supernatural strength. It accompanied the presence of the Lord. It wasn't his. It was the Lord's. It was there because of the secret. When the presence of God comes, it, you will know it. But when the presence of God leaves you, when the presence of God leaves, he don't say nothing. He quietly grabs his coat and he walks out the door. He doesn't tell us. He doesn't tell us. I tell you this because you have to, you have to hold on to the secret. Because we don't want to be, you don't want to be in an hour of need. The secret of God. The secret of God will take you through the valley of the shadow of death, but bring you out the other side. The secret of God will carry you through every hardship in life. The secret of God will carry you through loneliness. The secret of God will carry you through rejection. The secret of God. But Samson rose. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll sit up. And I'll shake myself like I always have. And the presence of God will come upon me. And we presume that the presence of God will always be available to us in the measure in which it is. But I want you to know, no man knows the day or the hour. Tomorrow is not promised to you or I. The glory of the Lord is not assured to you tomorrow. It is assured to you only to possess the presence that comes from the secret. Lift your hands in the room. Close your eyes and, and right now, just between you and heaven, nobody else's business in this room. Jesus, I want to know the secrets. Just let them know, Jesus, I want to know the secrets. And I don't want to know the secrets because, you know, they're just gossip, God. I, I want to know because you trust me. And I want to earn your trust, God. I want to steward your presence well. I make a covenant with you today in the presence of all of these here today and between you and heaven. And I make a covenant and I say, Jesus, I will steward your presence well. I will earn your trust. All for your glory. None of mine. I hide myself in the cleft of the rock, Jesus. I hide myself under the shadow of the Almighty in the secret place. I don't want a platform, God. Give me a secret place with you. I don't want a, I don't want a, a pulpit, God. Give me a secret place with you. I don't want popularity, God. Give me a secret place with you. I pray the reward of heaven over everybody who wants it now. In the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, can you stand your feet with me in this room? Jesus. You're watching online, you're here in this room. Hold on, God. Backslidden. Never given your heart to Christ. In rebellion. Offended or angry. Right now, I just give you the, I give you the invitation to come back to God, to come to God, to give your life to Christ right now. Christ and Christ alone is worthy of your heart's devotion. Christians pray in the room. Christians begin to pray in the room. If you're here, you're listening, you're watching, none of nobody's business, just you and his. If you know you need to renew your relationship or say, I need a relationship, I've never authentically done this, pray this prayer with me, Jesus, Jesus, I want you. I need you, Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. The sin that does separate me from you. 
I repent. Convert me. Convert me. Transform me. Take my life now, Jesus. And for your glory and not mine, change this world. Bring hope, love, redemption, reconciliation to a world that's desperate and longing for you. I give you my life. I thank you for the reward of your presence, for a relationship I have with you in secret. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you put your hands together for Jesus? I I tried to preach uh, to make it convenient. That never works. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. I love you. We're praying for you. Thank you for being a part of our Sunday service. We bless you.